0: This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're joined today with with Laura Dierda, Laura's brilliant editor-in-chief at Becker's Healthcare. She regularly talks to us about stories that she's following in healthcare. Laura, can you take a moment and tell us sort of what are the couple of key stories that you're watching currently?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. I think, first and foremost, we're watching several key things in in that time of year again to go through financial reports and looking through 2023. uh, Systems are starting to release their data and financial information. And most recently, we've gotten uh, information coming out from Kaiser Permanente talking about how the health system did over the last year in 2023, Kaiser's net income was $4.1 billion, which is compared to a $4.5 billion net loss from the prior year. And they also reported $329 million in operating income for 2023, which was a significant improvement over the $1.3 billion operating loss in 2022. So seeing a lot of improvements there, especially after as Kaiser Permanente works on resident health and, and bringing Geisinger into that project, which will be exciting, and we'll keep an eye on any developments there over the next few weeks or so. Operating revenue for Kaiser's health plan, hospitals and their respective subsidiaries were um, $100.8 billion in 2023, which was up from 95.4 the previous year, although Kaiser health plan declined by 51,000 members year over year um, to more than 12.5 million members, so still a significant membership base, but had declined um, over the last year with the drop being attributed to economic factors such as the slowing pace of job growth, etc., and and Kaiser also invested $3.1 billion in the community benefit programs last year compared to $2.8 billion from the previous year. These programs are focusing on gun violence, um, helping people access healthy foods, and supporting nonprofits in the communities. So um, I just wanted to note that, you know, looking at Kaiser Permanente's financial report, I know they're kind of a unique enterprise and system with everything that they're doing, the health plan and value-based care and, and more. But it's just been really interesting to see them turn around um, so significantly from 2022 to 2023.
0: And, and let me ask you a question, because there's there's a, there's an operating income stat that was like $329 million. There's a net income set that's about $4.something billion. Is the difference between those two investment income that they did so well in 2043 on investment income because the markets were so up? Is that the biggest difference? Because they swung from a $4.1 billion loss to a $4.5 billion gain or something like that from 2022 to 23. And I saw the operating income went from about $1.5 or $1.8 billion loss to a $329 million gain. Does that mean that operating income – Got better certainly, but the real pickup was investment income. Is that what that what I what I really read through when I read this all?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Digging into the numbers, we'd have to look more specifically at um, each of the different line item points there, but typically that's what we see.
0: Thank you very much. But overall, I saw another article on hospitals start to have re- reason for optimism in 2024. Overall, 2023 a much better year than 2022. Is that a fair statement for health systems in general?
1: In general, yes. And even those that are still reporting losses, it seems like um, not as significant gaps as last year. And so making improvements overall and, and gains in the financial situation, obviously some health systems faster than others Um, But we do see a a lot of organizations um, reporting progress and really a better financial year in 2023 and looking into 2024. There's a lot of optimism um, for for what they'll be able to do, especially um, when they're looking at, you know, certain line items, including their labor costs and areas where, you know, Really, they had high costs, and, and costs rocketed significantly during the pandemic. Those are more stabilizing, plateauing, or, or coming down, um, which is exciting for hospitals and health systems, and they're able to use that flexibility to make additional investments for
0: growth in the future. Thank you. And then, in terms of Kaiser, they're now—I think you mentioned 108 billion in revenue a year, or something like that. That's amazing—the size of growth of Kaiser overall.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely significant and, um, you know, interesting to see. I know they're continuing to grow and develop into more of a national health system um, in, you know, looking at how um, we'll keep an eye on how that grows and, and which organizations with health, which health systems they're bringing into their umbrella um, to really focus more on value-based
0: care. Thank you. And Laura, any other stories you wanted to share with us today?
1: yeah yeah so another story um that you know we put together um over the last week or so here is just looking at how um hospitals and health systems are redesigning obviously their executive teams and leadership teams but also looking at compensation and a big example um to note is metro health um the health system got a new CEO over the last year, Dr. Erica Seed, who has worked on tightening the oversight on compensation and revising policies to make more checks and balances as her predecessor um, exited that health system after claims that he used the um, rather loose rather loose bonus pool to um, collect $1.9 million in bonuses. So when she talked about that, it was really interesting how now um, she has restructured the compensation for the leadership team under needs new program, um, the leadership team can earn 100% of a total salary, but it's contingent upon um, everybody in every department meeting specific performance metrics. Um, and those metrics around quality, patient experience, financial health of the organization, health equity, and more. And so bringing all of those elements together into the leadership team's compensation um, has been really interesting and, and fascinating. Um, executives that are part of this are about 220 leaders across Metro Health that are, are part of this compensation plan that includes physician leaders and department chairs, um, with anywhere from 8% to 35% of their salary tied to these performance-based compensation metrics. Um, in the health system too, you know, um, Dr. Steed recused herself from the compensation discussions and so she created, a, um, a stronger chief people officer to oversee the human resources and those types of decision-making. And then they are bringing in actually KPMG as an outside auditor to determine whether the health system is meeting their goals to trigger full compensation. So I just thought that was a really interesting way to approach things and very thoughtful about how the um, health system is moving forward and making sure there's accountabilities at all levels um, to really trigger the right types of salary discussions and, and connections and compensation for healthcare leaders.
0: Laura, I want to thank you, and you'll tee you'll us up for something, which we'll do tomorrow. A shout-out of the day for Greg Adams for the success at Kaiser, and Dr. Erica Seed for the success at MetroHealth. Really tremendous efforts by those two leaders in sort of riding the ship at Kaiser and really excelling and thriving. And Dr. Seed, who's just a wonderful, wonderful leader. Laura, Gerda, you are also a wonderful leader. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. And a quick shout out Dr. Siegel will be at our annual meeting as a speaker. And so I'm really excited to see her again. And she's always got such great insights for our panel. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC.